Welcome to the Inspired with Mika Lori podcast. Josette, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you join me today. How are you? Thank you, Nika. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So welcome to the show. I'm super excited for your story. I think, you know, we talked just briefly before recording about kind of the similarities. I I really focus on functional medicine and functional nutrition and the power of that um, to heal your body. And I know you have an incredible story uh, about healing your own body. So we'll get into that. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do and and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Thank you. Um, my yeah. name is Josette Kasik and I am a, um, Zumba instructor, mm-hmm. um, of the, of the crazy kind. I, uh, have a pretty <laughs> large following, uh, Zumba, um, t- mentioned to me and then said on NPR that I'm the most successful Zumba instructor that they ever knew. Um, wow. Classes. Congratulations. In, thank you. They have over 15 million classes going on every single day and it's a huge privilege. I stumbled mm-hmm. upon that success. Uh, I wasn't planning on being a fitness instructor for sure. Mm-hmm. My yeah. background <laughs> is in dance and um, I am a mom of mm-hmm. a now 13 year old son. My husband is an Argentine polo player. So I got really oh, lucky there. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I am here to kind of my story really starts about 11 years ago when I was diagnosed with advanced rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you share, I know we're going to go into a little bit of detail, but what was that like getting that diagnosis? It had have been pretty traumatic, especially with your background being so physical and active. Yeah. I mean, I think any diagnosis, uh, is no fun. My mom Absolutely, was diagnosed, yeah. uh, my mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer, um, back when yes. I was in my teens. She actually recovered fine and she did oh, not good. do chemo and radiation. So, good. um, she's 86 now and super happy oh. and thriving, but, um, and has been cancer free for, for a very long time. That's awesome. But, Congratulations um, to her. Thanks. That's great. And yeah, to you too. Well, as she a, was as kind of, she was kind of my inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. to to seek out other avenues, but yeah, yeah, having a diagnosis for me, I was my son was just two at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, he my everything. Yeah, but uh, I did. I was still dancing. I was moving, but I I wasn't living the healthiest lifestyle. Um, I was not eating properly. I was never into health and wellness, to be honest mm-hmm, with you. Mm-hmm. I was a dancer. So, you know, in New York as a young dancer, you start smoking really, you yeah, know, at a young age and you're, you're part slender of the kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the trick. So, yeah. you know, my, my diet consisted of a triple espresso in the morning and a couple cigarettes mm-hmm. until, until two or three, I quit smoking when I got pregnant and, mm-hmm. but the rest of the diet kind of stayed the same until mm-hmm. I got my diagnosis. And then, um, I think, you know, you get a brick that falls on your head 
Uh, Absolutely. It, it, it stopped. I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. Oh my goodness. And I actually went to a couple of different doctors. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. That was the most frustrating thing is going to the ER and them saying, well, you must have bumped into furniture or something. And I'm thinking I would have known if I, yeah. I bumped into And why are my knees the size of like right. small like melons? Like, other parts that go with that. that. Yeah. That's a big couch, you know? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, getting the diagnosis in its in and of itself was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally mm-hmm. was sent to get a full panel of blood work, and that's when they came back. Oh wow, your numbers are so high. Um, your body is just destroying itself, and yeah. and it was between the the ER visit and the diagnosis that my left elbow had already started fusing at the joint. I was never able to straighten it again. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. That when the diagnosis been... came, I was really happy. The prognosis yeah. wasn't good, but the diagnosis, I was at least happy with that. With at least that. then you knew kind of what you were facing and it wasn't just this kind of hidden disaster in your body that you were kind of dealing with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How did that, how did that impact your career? Were you able, I mean, I'm assuming you weren't really able to do anything if you were kind of bedridden in a sense, like not being able to move very well. Well, I wasn't dancing professionally then. Mm-hmm. Um, I had stopped everything to be a full-time mom. So luckily Mm -hmm. I didn't have a career at the time, but I did affect my husband's career because I wasn't Mm -hmm. able to, I mean, I couldn't brush my teeth on my own because my my arms weren't working and I couldn't get dressed because I couldn't raise, you know, there were so many little nuances of life that we take for granted. Um, and when you have a crippling disease like RA, it's, um, the 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 little things like brushing your teeth or getting dressed in the morning become a sacred ritual because yeah. you can't do it in in that much pain. So my husband had to literally stop what he was doing so he could take care of me and our son. Oh man, I mean a blessing in the sense that you had him, but what mm. a huge impact that has just on the whole family. I think so often people think about the chronic disease only impacting the individual that has it. But in reality, it has this huge ripple effect on so many family members, whether that's RA or that's a, um, you know, a heart condition or diabetes or dementia, whatever, you know what I mean? It really does have this, um, huge lasting kind of detrimental impact on the family as a whole too. So it can be a major issue. Yeah. I mean, it certainly, I mean, it affected my son, it affected my husband, it affected everybody. And I think that, yeah, like you said, I think that's with any, any disease, we're all interconnected. So absolutely. And the thing with, with RA, um, at least for me is it came on suddenly. So Mm -hmm. our, our, our train just hit a brick wall and it was, it was, going quite well up until the brick wall. So when you so when you actually finally got your diagnosis, um, I'm assuming the physicians didn't talk to you a whole lot about diet and lifestyle changes. Um, <laughs> gives you that idea. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, no. Um, I saw seven different specialists. Oh, my um, Only because of the frustration I had yeah. with the doctors. Um, I think my first question to everybody was, well, okay, so how did I get here? Yeah. How d- yeah. What causes this? And they, they don't give you an answer. They say, well, mm-hmm. you know, we don't really know what causes autoimmune disease, but I wouldn't waste your time trying to figure that out. You really need to hurry up and get on these 
you know, there's a huge list of pharmaceuticals that they, that they prescribe with methotrexate and, and prednisone and then the Humira mm-hmm. or the other biologics. Um, it was, I, I was, I was so taken back by their inability to explain to me what happened because logic says, well, if you know how you can, how you got here, you can fix the problem and then right. therefore fix the, the disease. But there was no answer. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me. I I know when I was reading your bio and kind of doing research for this interview, you talked specifically about, um, I think your words were radical or life shortening pharmaceutical, um, medications or pharmaceuticals that were, uh, prescribed to you or offered to you as a treatment. Um, Talk to me a little bit about why you call them maybe life shortening. I think that is kind of really eye opening for people. And, and I know I could go on and on about some of the issues I have with some pharmaceuticals, but I, I want to get your perspective on that. Well, when I was in college, one of the things that I studied was to be a researcher. So mm-hmm. I had a little bit of background. I, I actually took my first job, um, uh, to pay for college was as a research paralegal. Mm-hmm. So I was gifted and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think it was an accident that I was mm-hmm. gifted with a little bit of a, a knack for finding information. And so yeah. what I did is I took all of the prescriptions that they gave me. I looked at the small print. I did research on the side effects and, um, Lo and behold, the combination of them reduces your lifespan on an average of about 15 years. Yeah. And that was, and of course, the side effects are enormous. I think, um, enormous. Is it Glenn Fry from the Eagles passed away from, uh, side effects of rheumatoid arthritis medication? Mm-hmm. So there, in and of itself, once you're informed of all of that, then you can go, well, wait a second. Um, now I really have to figure out what I'm doing because right. that's a whole other thing. And, and I think if it was just me and my husband, I may have even considered it, but it was mm-hmm. my son that I wanted to be around for his, right. his life, life and his, yeah. and I wanted to be a grandma someday. And I didn't want to have, you know, fingers. I mean, obviously anybody that gets the disease, you don't want it. But I was just like, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen to me. This isn't. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a way out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, you mentioned um, the I can't remember his name. Eagle, the Eagles guy. Glenn Fry. Uh, Glenn, yeah. Glenn Fry. Thank you. Um, you know, you mentioned him passing away. I, I think it's really um, it's kind of an unspoken thing. How many people in the U.S. are actually passing away from pharmaceutical drugs each year and the side effects of those drugs? Um, I mean, I, I, it's one of the leading killers of people in the U.S. every single year from these medications. And um, that's a really scary thing because people aren't talking about it. And so I actually love that you kind of brought a spotlight to the potential dangers of some of these pharmaceutical drugs. Oh, um, Nika, I think, and it should be a conversation. It should be a huge conversation. I think it's one of the top three. I'm not really sure. Um, I know that there's heart disease, cancer, and um, pharma. Mm-hmm. Are the top three mm-hmm. yeah. colors. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, um, part of that too is that they talk about the addiction side of, you know, the opiates and the pandemic we've seen with opiate use, but there's a lot of other pharmaceutical drugs that, 
that people don't even realize that take every single day that have an impact. There's even some over-the-counter drugs you think about, um, Tylenol and ibuprofen, which have pretty major impacts on some of our organs and how they function too. And there's not a conversation around that. So, um, so thank you for at least starting that conversation, just bringing the spotlight to it. Yeah. And, you know, without sounding too conspiracy theorists, I think that there's a deliberate um, non-conversation yes. about it. So I think <laughs> no, that, I, would, uh, I would absolutely agree. With that. <laughs> I think it's good that we, we are at least shining a tad bit of a light there. Yeah. 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 You know, and I think, I think not necessarily to blame the, the physicians either, but there's not enough education through med school about the side effects. Um, and the, a lot of times the curriculum in med school is actually managed by some of the pharmaceutical companies too, just to add into, you know, not the, conspiracy theory, but there is some real uh, structural issues that come with educating the physicians on pharmaceuticals too. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, so you decided to kind of go a different route after getting your diagnosis, you kind of um, quote unquote paved your own path. Can you, can you share your story of um, how did you heal yourself? How did you, um, uh, stop this uh, RA from really destroying your body. Thanks. Um, yeah, well, I mean, th- it's so funny because in retrospect, you can just go, well, this, 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 and this. But when yeah. you're going through it, it's not a whole journey. It's yeah. hell. I mean, it's literally hell. And I, I am so grateful for that, you know, dark night of the soul because mm-hmm. it, it really forced me to look inside of myself Um I think the first thing was the beautiful loss of identity. And I know that sounds really mm-hmm. strange, but I lost everything. I mean, I, yeah. like I mentioned, I couldn't get dressed on my own. I felt, I didn't feel like a woman. I didn't feel like anything. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't pick up my son. I couldn't. So there was an extraordinary loss of identity. And what I found when I lost all the things that I thought I was, I found the truth of who I really was. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. while my body was in pain, I noticed that I was still here inside somewhere. There was, it's, it's difficult to put into words and I'm trying to kind of um, be simple about it, but there was a very strong depth of soul that was there. Yeah. Like that, your essence or something. Yeah. Exactly. And when I started to tune into that, I got little cues, little, mm-hmm. why don't you go look over there? Or why don't you try this? And it was very simple and very easy and nothing was forced. I mean, I was in a lot of pain. So I spent a lot of time just sitting and crying and seeking um, something different. And mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to take the drugs because I wanted to hold on to my lifespan. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew I was in for some radical change, but what I did do is I, okay, I looked at some of the research and first I found a clinic, I think it was in Switzerland that, um, was a naturopathic clinic that worked specifically with autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. And lo and mm-hmm. behold, they had a theory of going alkaline, like a full alkaline diet. Yeah. Um, and I said, wow, nobody's talked to me about alkaline and acid and acidosis and all of this stuff that I had then go, wait, I read, I read more and more and I read more and more and they have a lot of success with that. So I thought, okay, you can do that. You can totally change your diet and 
And that's not a huge price to pay considering the pain I was in. So the first thing I did was change my diet to full alkaline. I think I only ate green vegetables. My husband said <laughs> I was like a bunny rabbit. I I, yeah. I ate green vegetables. I mean, I lost a lot of weight, but I I was just eating greens and I juiced and I, I did everything I could to only eat alkaline. I got those little litmus tests that you can get that test your acid level mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in your urine. So I did that every morning. I was hugely acidic, hugely mm-hmm, acidic. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, there's something here. Um, so I went on an alkaline diet. And then the next thing was I discovered through my research, um, the leaky gut, which nobody ever told me about before yeah. either. And I was fascinated <laughs> Which with is, that. you know, all of us um, are affected by it, right? And yeah, nobody was talking and about it. Yeah. It's, it's mind blowing because it's so logical and it's so simple. So the acidosis, negative emotion, toxins, environmental toxins, toxic food, if you're not eating yes. organic, all of this stuff just compounds and compounds in your own body. I didn't know, you know, we kind of just, mm-hmm. just go around life, not, not thinking about this stuff. But so those are the two main things that I did physically yeah. was I went after healing a leaky gut. Um, and I think the protocol was just, again, alkaline diet was huge, uh, but also um, there were some amino acids. I think it was L-lysine that I used. And mm-hmm. um, my magic sauce, I call, is high MGO manuka honey. Mm -hmm. Um, which I would take a teaspoon of, I think it was MGO 830 or more, like super high um, potent Manuka honey. And that seemed to really have an effect on healing my gut. Yeah. So those were the two physical things. Everything else was lifestyle mindset and uh, mental, spiritual and emotional change. I love that you add that in because, you know, I have this conversation a lot of times with people about we need to change diet and lifestyle, right? Dealing with autoimmune diseases or metabolic diseases. Um, but there's a huge factor in that you can change the food you're eating, which is truly important. You can reduce the toxin exposure that you're facing. So removing pesticides, being careful about containers and packaging and all these different things, um, but there really is an important side to you also have to change your your mental state around your disease, around your approach towards life, around um, you know, your spiritual connection, whether that's a religious thing or just an internal connection, whatever that is. You really have to bring that to the forefront just as much as you would any other aspect that you're going to change in your health journey. And it's hugely empowering. Um, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Uh, I, I think that if I had just changed my diet, I'd still be sick. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the grabbing my big girl boots and pulling them up and saying, I cut everyone off the hook. No one is responsible for where I am right now. Um, my mom, my dad, my husband, no one, uh, no matter how much of a pain in the booty. I thought my husband was from time to time and um, how much I was agonizing about our, you know, government, whatever, whatever was around. uh, I cut everyone off the hook and I took 120% responsibility for my own existence and my own life. That in and of itself is hugely empowering because 
no one, and it's not about blaming yourself or being down on yourself. It's being like, okay, I'm going to put my boat in the water right where I am. Here I am. How do I navigate this stream? I'm on a, I'm on a white river, you know, ride and I need to, I need to steer this boat. And so that was hugely empowering. And I also noticed when I did my research was that um, anxiety, negative emotion, stress, all of that contributes yes. to disease and to acidosis and to Absolutely. leaky gut. So it's yeah. all kind of <laughs> intertwined. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I sat my family down and of course my family, they saw me in a lot of pain, um, they really just wanted me to do what the doctors said. They didn't understand yeah. why I was not, why I was taking a different path. And I said, I don't know. I know that I need to. I know I have to listen to my heart. Um, I love you all, but I'm blocking any negative or any opinions. They're beautiful opinions. They're not mine. And I just, I need to listen to my heart. I love that. Yeah. And I so think, that you know, was a big thing too, ahead. is, is taking that, um, having that, um, it was the first time in my life that I had a, a healthy boundary, <laughs> you know, cause I'm, I'm yeah. a people pleaser and yeah. that also contributed to my disease, but it was the first time. And again, I have to, I have to give credit to my son because as you know, once you put on that mom hat, nothing's going to get in between me and being there for my son. So Absolutely. that healthy boundary of just saying, I love you, just back off. My husband, I said to him, if you want to fight about something, guess what? You're automatically right. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm not fighting yeah. with you. I'm not fighting yeah. with you right now. I have, I'm, 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 120% into taking care of me. Priority. Yeah. I love you mentioned taking responsibility. That was one of the most powerful things that I've learned in my life along the way too, uh, was, was radical responsibility for everything that's occurring in my life. You know, even if it was a car accident that, you know, somebody rear ended me, I was on the road at that time in that place. And even though, yes, they may be responsible for rear ending me, I can't get angry at them or the world or whatever because I put myself in that place at that time. And I know that sounds like a weird concept, but once you decide to have that radical responsibility, you really start to get clear on the direction you want to go on. You get clear on the decisions that you want to make and, and setting those boundaries and um, what your priorities are. And so I think it's such a powerful tool that... Um, you know, you don't use the blame game. If you aren't doing the blame game, then you're no longer the victim. And then you're empowered to really make those changes in your own life. Exactly. And you become deliberate in yeah. your day. You Absolutely. you become deliberate about what you focus your beautiful life energy. I mean, I think, what is it? Buddha said that the the biggest mistake we make is that we think we have time. Yeah. And I think that was that was what hit me. I ran out of time in terms of, oh my God, am I ever going to play at the playground with my son ever? Yeah. That was the questions I was asking. And um, I knew that I had to be super deliberate with where I focused my heart space mm -hmm. and my energy. Yeah. Absolutely. What was your biggest takeaway from this journey? What What was the thing that you found kind of most impactful? That we are all extraordinarily powerful and that we didn't, we're not told that. 
mm-hmm. that we um, there's a depth of character and a depth of soul of for all of us. That's the one thing that I've I recognize is as soon as you recognize it in yourself, you see it in everyone else. Um, that we have the capacity to heal, yeah. to thrive, to live with vitality and joy and love and lift each other up. I think that that we, many of us, at least I was not aware of how beautiful life can be. And mm-hmm. people are always saying, oh my God, but it took you losing everything. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what they call rock bottom. I had to lose everything to, to realize how sacred it all is. I think, you know, there's a lot of beauty in that. And, and that story, you know, I, I did a presentation last night with a gentleman who same thing. He, um, you know, he was like 350 pounds and he had cancer and he was facing, you know, it's a life or death situation for him. And same kind of thing. He, he changed his diet and lifestyle and healed, but he was talking about how angry he was. He was just this angry human before the diagnosis. And then afterwards, I mean, he just has this gentle aura about him. He was kind and patient and sweet. And I never would have guessed in a million years prior to hearing his story that he was this angry person because he was so kind. And so I think it takes for a lot of people hitting that spot of, you know, this is life or death. This is, you know, I see the light now. And that's what turns on the switch for you to approach life in a whole different manner. Yeah. I mean, I think had I listened to some of the warning signs, I was having panic attacks and stuff before Mm -hmm. I got sick. Mm -hmm. I think that, and, and perhaps, you know, maybe this conversation will help somebody who is getting the warning signs. Yeah. That's what, you know, ultimately, um, within a year and a half, I was symptom free and, um, I started teaching this Zumba class Mm -hmm. because honestly it was a last, last ditch effort. I was a dancer. I had, studied at Joffrey or I was at Joffrey, um, not only studied, but it was at company and, um, I wanted to dance. And the only thing I could find was teaching a Zumba class. Um, it didn't mm-hmm. require too much of me. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of showed them my resume and I didn't have to audition anywhere. And they just looked at my dance background and they said, Oh my gosh, you're perfect. But I could hardly move. So, yeah. um, when I started teaching that, one of my students was a board uh, certified internal medicine doctor here in Santa Barbara, where I live. And she she kind of saw me. She never asked what was wrong with me. I never told anybody that I was sick. I just moved quite a bit differently back then. But I started to get better and heal. And, you know, I, I it was working, everything that I was doing. Um, and ultimately, she said, you know, about a year and a half in, she said, I need to take your blood. I need to find Mm -hmm. out. Um, because I had eventually told her I had RA, but it looks like it's gone or it's in remission, which is what you want. And yeah, like, let me, let me take your blood. And I, I resisted for a little while. And then she took my blood and sent it to her friends at UCLA and talked to a couple of rheumatologists. And they all sat me down at the, when they all met and they said, you know, we, we have to declare you a medical miracle because there's no understanding of how you don't have RA anymore, but there's no evidence of any disease in your blood. And I, I kind of wasn't really surprised because I had already felt like, yeah, it's not there anymore. I know, you know, you, you, you go through in a disease long enough, you know, when it's there and when it's not. Um, What was astonishing is I kept saying, well, let me tell you what I did. And they were like, no, no, no. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to hear that. 
that was absolutely going to be one of my questions for you was, was one, how did that feel when they kind of told you your medical miracle? But my biggest question for you is what did the doctors think? I mean, did they care at all about the things that you did to make this happen? Well, the my doctor, who I love mm-hmm. more than anything, knows. I mean, I'm I'm probably the biggest, you know, heal for her because mm-hmm. I am somebody who healed naturally. And she sticks with me. She still comes to my class. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, this week she said, well, it's time for you to come up for blood work again. And I said, you know, we're 10 years in. I think I'm good. She goes, no, I won't even test you for RA, but you know, yeah. let's make sure you got all your other things. Got and, everything else. Yeah. yeah. She has sat down with me and said, yeah, they don't teach us everything in medical school. And yeah. I've met, she's met several people that have healed uh, cancer. Um, I, I had one other person in my class that started coming. She had MS and mm-hmm. um, I had explained to her what I had gone through and the, the path I took. She took a similar path and was able to heal MS. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this is all happening in front of this doctor. And, um, you know, she just says, I don't know at all. I'm, I, I know that there's something that they don't teach us and that they, but we're literally in my practice. She's forbidden to, to kind of even go into that. And I said, you know, I think you should probably maybe go Bridget, Bridget, let's do naturopathic board certified. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, know that everybody else, all the people that diagnosed me, especially there was one doctor, um, one rheumatologist that was laughing at me when I said I was going to try and, and heal naturally. I called him and I faxed over the blood work and I said, look, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It worked. They never, he never took my call and never, never answered me. Just, yeah, I think, you know, part of it is in the, you know, Western medicine, medical education system. I I think the max these physicians are getting in diet and lifestyle, specifically nutrition education is 20 hours. Uh, You know, we're thinking eight years of education and they're getting 20 years on nutrition and, um, you know, most are getting none to maybe four to eight hours of nutrition education. I think the other side of that is that most doctors are specializing in a specific organ, right? Like we have cardiologists or um, uh, uh, people who specialize in ear, nose, mouth or lungs or something, right? Like they're all specializing in different areas and nobody is looking at the full system, understanding that all of it's impacting each other. And, and so I, you know, I always advocate for when uh, my clients are talking to physicians or, or people in the community that I know are talking to physicians to just spark that thing of, you know, I would like to learn more about this. Is this something that you can help me with when it comes to diet and lifestyles? Just so the doctors are starting to hear like, this is important. We need to learn more and pay attention to this too. Yeah. I I mean, I started talking about in my class, the four pillars of health, because I Mm -hmm. think that everything's intertwined and there is the physical, which is what Western medicine completely focuses on. And like you said, in different, in different areas, but the mental, the spiritual, and the emotional are all, it's all intertwined. It's Absolutely. one is not separate yeah. from the other. And if you're just focusing, like we said about the food, if you're just focusing on the food, but it's important, it's important to focus on the food. Like you have mm-hmm. diet was a big deal. 
Yeah. Um, but you can't just hit one and not the emotional and the mental and the spiritual. You have to really have, and that's kind of what what developed when I was healing was I was able to curate a, a program that works for me. And I mm-hmm. think that that's also really important because everyone's different. None of us are the yeah. same and you can't just Absolutely. have the same, you know, um, my brother is a yogi. He goes to yoga class every day and he sits and he does these, you know, meditations for hours. And I look mm-hmm. at him and there's no way I've tried. I've totally tried. I'm like, mm, and I can't, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I yeah. but my meditation is a moving meditation and my meditation is, um, going out on long walks in nature. So there's, there's just mm-hmm. different strokes for different folks. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just talking to a couple of friends of mine. They were talking about how much they love naps and I don't think I've taken a nap in 20 years. I'm just not a napper, but I absolutely prioritize sleep at night. And I, I'm like you, you know, my meditation is walking in nature or even if it's just taking five minutes to just disconnect from you know, all the inputs and in, in life, just kind of disconnecting and resting for a few minutes. And so it's, it's that, you know, it really is individually, um, it, it's different for each of us. We really need to think about creating our own specific health journey. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I have a couple quick fire questions for you, but, um, before I get to those, my, my last question for you is what advice do you have for someone who's maybe recently diagnosed or struggling through their health journey that, um, uh, you haven't shared so far in the interview? Belief, faith, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, that there is another way. Just know, know that there is another way, uh, other than what we're being told. And if nothing else, I'm just hoping to stand as a beacon for people that they can look at me and go, well, she can't be the anomaly because other people are doing it. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I love that. I think, yeah, belief and hope and belief in yourself and your, your body's ability to heal itself. Exactly. So uh, before I get to the quick fire questions, where can listeners find you? Where can they connect with you online and hopefully attend some of your classes as well? Yeah, uh, actually, I am at Josette T, J-O-S-E-T-T-E-T dot com and on Instagram at Josette Kasik, T-K-A-C-I-K. That's my husband's fault. Um, <laughs> on Facebook, I'm Zumba in SB, SB is in Santa Barbara. Um, and yeah, there's a library of classes and I am actually going to be sending you a link for a free class for your guests Perfect. to listen to so Perfect. they can, or to watch and to take, yeah. it's, a, it's a live recorded class that I did, um, actually as a, um, a, a special bonus for one of the courses I have on daily Ohm. Um, I have a soul fire dance party on daily Ohm, which is doing very well, but that's where they can reach me and there. Um, I answer all my DMS, so they're welcome to message me if they have any other questions as well. Love that. And I'll be sure to show, share everything in the show notes just to make it as easy as possible. But I appreciate you sharing the, uh, the link to the video too, because I think sure. that's anytime we can give that resource for people to just start, you know, doing activities and, and encouraging people to move forward on their health journey is, is super important and powerful. Yes, for sure. So you ready for the quick fire? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, what is your, yeah, they're easy. Don't worry. 
What is your favorite or most impactful uh, book, podcast, or documentary, and why? Documentary called Heal. H e a l. Love that one. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. I was that, thinking about Heal the whole time I've been talking to you. Totally similar stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, mm-hmm. great, great documentary. Absolutely. Uh, what is your your best either toxin free or eco friendly living tip? Ooh, organic food. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. I always, I actually just posted the Environmental Working Group just released their 2022 um, Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 list. And so I just shared that. So organic food is always the way to go for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, how does living consciously, or what does living consciously mean to you? Living consciously means deliberately choosing where you uh, spend your time and your energy Mm -hmm. and curating and creating the life that you deserve and that you came here to live with vitality and thriving and happiness and joy and health, most of Mm -hmm. all. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Well, Josette, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today for all of the advice and information you shared and uh, just making a difference in the world. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Nika. I really appreciate it. It's a privilege. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Nika here. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I truly hope you found value and inspiration. If you have, I'd be incredibly grateful if you took a moment to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend who you think might benefit from our discussion, and of course, leave a review. Your feedback not only helps me grow the show and design it to help you grow as much as possible, but also helps others find our show in the sea of podcasts out there. Do you have a burning question or a topic you're dying to hear about? please check out the show notes where you can record your request. Your question or guest suggestion might just be the highlight of a future episode. There's one more thing I want to share with you before I let you go today. There's a chance to get a free 30 minute coaching session with me, which could be featured on an upcoming episode. It's a fantastic opportunity for personalized advice and growth. And who knows our conversation could inspire countless others on their journey too. As you guessed it, link is in the show notes. So please check it out and sign up if you're interested. Once again, thank you so, so much for listening in and joining me today. Don't forget to act on the things that you've learned today so you can become the person who has the life, the career, and the success of your dreams. I'm wishing you a happy, healthy hustle, my friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.